0: Hey Marco.
1: Hi Sam. How you doing? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we've
0: already recorded an episode today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um,
1: We got it going. Yeah. We're taking a nice long break. (laughs) Nice long break with (laughs) WabiYaka.
0: Yeah, nice long break. I like I like talking to you. So. um, Aw. Yeah, but you you're gonna be leading this one. Do you have an idea? I guess so. So,
1: um, I was reading some things and then. We were talking about sort of, well, we were talking, we were, ta-
0: <laughs> do you want to say which episode we just recorded or, we, so we, we've been talking about historical yeah. linguistics and we've been talking yeah. about languages mm-hmm. and the politics of language and the politics of linguistics as a discipline and the study of language.
1: Yeah. And, and within, but within that, we were talking about the, the development of like conceptions of race in terms of like the the modern use of that term which is something that people who don't live in the weird little realm that we live in of Mm. like historians might not realize that like the term race has a long and storied history yeah it has been used to refer to a bunch of different things but the way that we think about race now is something sort of like physical Mm -hmm. and Inherited mm. did not necessarily exist in the like before what we're going to talk about today, yeah. yeah. Um, since so, so we were talking about this on another episode that's going to be going out or has already come out, however. I think
0: probably it makes sense now we say that that one
1: comes yeah. out first. So that one, let's so just that add one that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that one, <laughs>
0: there's a little one 2 a,
1: a lot of planning goes into the break times, mm. you see
0: very
2: careful
1: about these things, um, but yeah. So the, the episodes that's already come out um, about race and linguistics, mm-hmm. and about like weird German men doing weird German things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: As a weird German man, let me just say, you don't know. You, you don't, don't even want to know. We, we don't you don't even want to know. <laughs>
1: um, but there is. A, I mentioned sort of in passing in that one that. uh, the development of of theories of race, not all of it happens in the European metropoles. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is, I don't want to call it work, but whatever. So it's social work that is being done in colonies to sort of justify the atrocities that are happening mm. in said colonies yeah. and is then like sort of the imported into the... Into these metropoles, and then becomes this like foundation in yeah. like other places. and
0: even the the theorizing.
1: And both that- of those things are sort of happening back and forth, much like exactly, the, much like the Atlantic Triangle trade yeah. of humans and goods. Um, these ideas sort of justifying that trade are yeah. making the same sort of roots. Yeah, exactly. And at the very beginning of all of this, in North America, uh, there's some interesting kind of linguistic things going on. And ideas being formed and solidified between Europeans and Indigenous folks. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I wanted to talk about. Okay, cool. Yeah. What I mean, yeah. So right at the beginning of these like colonial ventures, um, Europeans are showing up they don't have sort of any power in this region right mm-hmm. they're just showing up with cool stuff mm-hmm. and weird ideas this is a period when like national identity is starting to really become a thing in a way that's like sort of different from the way that it was before yeah. you know we're developing the um like administrative states the idea of a nation state of like something that exists with borders that are yeah. immutable.
0: So we're talking about the 15, 1600s. Yes. Okay. So,
1: yeah, right. what we're going to be talking about specifically is the the 1600s. So, like, when people are starting to release plant actual colonies. So there's, like, townships being built up.
0: And so when we're talking about the English colonies in New England yes. and the Dutch colonies in mm-hmm. what is New Amsterdam and now New
2: York.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, yes. So... And these people, aside from, uh, these Europeans, aside from just having sort of like linguistic differences among themselves, they have these ideas that I am an Englishman, I am a Dutchman, you know, these kinds of identities that are relatively new, even for Europeans. And indigenous people obviously do not have these ideas at all. The sort of worldview that exists for indigenous people are that, and when you, when we talk about indigenous people now in modern english we like to use the term nation because it's sort of the closest that we can get to what's going on here but Mm -hmm. for the most part in in new england and in the sort of hudson valley the northeast down into what is now delaware yeah aside from the iroquois (laughs) which is fast becoming its own thing at this period. This is the period of of confederation for the Iroquois and their violent expansionism. For everybody else kind of in this area, the way that you identified was by your township, these Mm -hmm. sort of like close familial ties. You had then sort of expansive familial ties to other townships Mm -hmm. that you had diplomatic relationships with. And then outside of that to the various people who had a similar language family to you. So Algonquia yeah. become sort of like this own thing, the Delaware or Lene Lenape yeah. who speak like a Muncie or Mohican language and like the various other sort of groups of Mohican and Muncie in yeah. that area. Um, and that
2: area
0: is like, uh, that area is from Massachusetts s- and New Jersey.
1: Yeah. So Western Massachusetts yeah. down to, New Jersey, the north of Delaware, yeah, north kind of, Delaware, of area, yeah. sort of following the Hudson River down to the Delaware River. Right, because
0: the Lenape are also called the Delaware. The Delaware. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so
1: perfect. And area. they sort of split, split off as they're like removed from their land and become a bunch of different national, like federally recognized lands. Right. But yes. Yeah. The, migration. The Lenape migration. is sort of all of these people who are also known as like Mohican. Um, so Muncie. These are all fa- f- fa- these are all language families that are like, or not even language families. These are all languages or dialects that are like very closely related, related and yeah. sort of
0: there's a high degree of What's mutual intelligibility
1: mutual intelligibility yeah, that's exactly. the word i was looking yeah, yeah. for yeah so you so got like, that again, from my finger motion. I, I got that from
0: the finger <laughs> motion yeah listeners at home will not be able to see the finger motion but so this this yeah
1: and so and so that family those those familial relationships that are sort of charted through generations um and mapped onto. to diplomatic relationships Mm -hmm. trading relationships and then back to a sort of shared idea of creation so these Mm -hmm. peoples would share similar creation stories and so thus identify themselves but the idea of like you know, what's happening in France at this period where it's like, now we're all French. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't, like, a Louis XIV to be like, yes, now you are French, mm-hmm. and you're all going to speak the French that I speak. That's not happening. It's all sort of still this, like, very... F- family the way that you would identify with like fourth cousins i right. was like yes we are the same and and that's you might your, not actually your primary really. political yeah
0: organization as well is that these sort of kinship um, networks.
1: and so there's not there's there's words for in these languages there's words for your township mm-hmm. how you relate to the space that in which you grew up on and for like people generally mm-hmm. but not really for like
2: for for
1: like a for like a a not there's not the a similar yeah because exist. there's, there's there so there's words not yeah for nations, yeah so right? there's not like yeah. they don't have something to come back to like when the english show up in massachusetts and they're like oh well we're english um there's not something for them to say to that other right. than we too are people
2: yeah
1: <laughs> um and so there's a there's a bunch of documentation of indigenous people being very confused as to why the Dutch and English are referring to them as Indians. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is not a word that we know. And why are you using it? And why are you using a word other than our, like the term that we have given you, like Wampanoag or Narragansett? Why are you using something to refer to all of us, regardless yeah. of our political affiliation amongst ourselves, to refer to all of us? Like we are not all the same. And the English sort of slowly explain this and they're like, okay. And in these early interactions, in these very early interactions, what we have are are sort of transcripts written in either English or Dutch where the indigenous people are referring to all of the Europeans mostly as Christians. Mm -hmm. And the understanding within the indigenous ideology is that... These strange people who showed up on boats with kind of fantastical tools
2: mm-hmm.
1: are, they're also people, but they're people who are created, who have a different create, creation story. And of course, like Christians are obviously showing up and being like, you should be Christian too. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the indigenous people didn't really understand why they would want that to be happening. They're like, well, this is your God who created you. Mm-hmm. And so you should worship that God. But if we do that, then our God will smite us. Or, you know, right. make it so that our crops don't grow or, or whatever.
0: Or it it would be just generally
1: disliked. It would yes, it yeah, would yeah, be yeah. it would be bad. Yeah. Like our God created us, your God created you. And that's why you have these fancy tools, because this is obviously a gift from God. There's a in accounts of English people showing up at like on the coast in their boats, there are accounts of indigenous people running out and yelling things because they knew who was coming, right? Yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, I know you guys, right? <laughs> What's up, bro? But they're running out and yelling something akin to like Manitou, mm. which the English, of course, interpreted as you are a god or mm. you are like, you are a god who's going to give us gifts from God. But Manit is a word in this language that um, means like the a, a power or something that is like given to people from god so they're like oh they're coming to like essentially say like we want to trade with you for these tools from your god so right for like the specific wool clothing or so
0: not saying that you metal are god yes saying no. you have some sort of power from
1: god for yes from yeah. this other god from this that other is god. not our god so we can't get it from
2: our, our creator yeah
1: we need to go to you so that because you have been given it and obviously you're willing to part with it hmm. and so we we want that and these are the sort of misinterpretations that are happening along the throughout this whole journey of colonization but what what happens as as Europeans gain more and more power, um, especially the English, because they the England continues to fund their colonial efforts, exactly. <laughs> this is the major difference between when we look at like the Dutch in North America proper or the French in North America proper, mm-hmm. opposed to like their Caribbean endeavors, the English are successful in North America because they're continuously funded. And so as they gain more and more power in this area and sort of Suck up the spaces that are left by epidemics and by mourning wars. They start to create a specific colonial state with the express interest of functionally enslaving Indigenous people. Mm-hmm. And they start to, and this is the period when they're introducing what becomes known as like North American chattel slavery. So they're bringing enslaved Africans yeah. along with this. By this point in time, right, we're into the mid 17th century, and what what they're doing is in justification of the essentially ignoring English common law at this time, mm-hmm. right, which had specific boundaries on indentured servitude and slavery in order to create this chattel slavery system they need to create a justification for it right and so they start over the course of i mean it's about like 40 years that we have like a clear documentation of people sort of creating this idea of this like racial categorization and there's not really a good place for them to put between like what becomes known as white and what becomes known as black to put indigenous people. Right. Um, initially, there's a lot of conversations between indigenous people and Europeans where the various groups of indigenous people, this quote, I think, comes from the Narragansett, which even at this period was becoming a sort of conglomeration of various communities that had been sort of smushed together because of plague and war. They... Are very worried about their peoples and about holding on to their cultural identity and pleasing their creator and all of these things. And they say something about how, like, if you continue in the way that you're going, eventually my people and your people will be one people, will all be one English, right? So there's this idea that eventually, and this is on sort of both sides at the beginning, that eventually the indigenous people will assimilate into this new colonial state that they'll take up like male run plow agriculture and they'll start plotting out their land and yeah. <laughs> you know, become Christians. and which
0: i I know that the English were really invested. A lot of the missionary work was yeah. about like,
1: yeah, initially, yeah, initially yeah, yeah. they were. And then they start being like, mm, this doesn't really like there's a bunch of us coming over here now. Yeah. And we don't really need you. Don't have any power anymore, so we don't really need you to join us. We're just going to move you over there and wait for you to die. Mm-hmm. And this is really like, like I mean, they're specifically saying this mm-hmm. in record sort of surrounding treaties uh, where they're like, "Oh, well, you will have this forever." There's this. There's one where they're like, they're moving these people, and in the in the text of the treaty, it says that you should, you'll you keep these like 500 acres forever until the last of this specific Mohican band dies. And so the plan from the English point of view is we're just going we'll to wait them out. out yeah, because they're not going to survive. And so they've created this sort of like category of like there's white people. And at this point, this is the sort of early periods where there are. English people are referring to themselves as white, so there's like white people, there's black people who are enslaved. Mm. White people get to own stuff. Black people get, get to be owned. To be owned, get to, and Yay. then indigenous people get to die, yeah. and everyone gets to remember them for teaching white people things like where maple syrup comes from and stuff like that. You know mm. how to like keep your food from freezing in the winters so that you can't eat it. Things like that. And on the other side, we have a sort of similar idea solidifying for indigenous people. Not that they are like inferior, that they're going to die, but that there are like immutable racial categories between the two of them. And that all of these communities that had been disparate would become again all one Indian. And they start using the term Indian uh, sort of... Pushing it into the conventions of their language,
0: right? Um, so, so they we, they we, they literally we, adopt the English word "Indian." Yes. Yeah. Cool.
1: And then and add like the the they, suffixes exactly. that mean so like a, human in all
0: languages. They, there's, it's highly suffixing, where you yeah. have you put a lot of things onto. I mean, sometimes so, on the beginning as well, but uh, usually onto the end of the word. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so the ones that we had found.
0: Well, I've got a paper up here. Do you want to yes. read some of the stuff because that it's, it's, the,
1: the, the pa- it's using the same source that the notes I was going to pull up have.
0: Okay, so I should say, the paper that I pulled up here is from 1871.
1: Yes, but it's using the same primary source yeah, that the yeah, thing yeah. from 2013 that I was looking at uses, okay, which is nice. Roger Williams' note on language. Or yeah, whatever.
0: the key into the language of America. Yeah. And there is one language in America. <laughs> and uh, so this is a book from 1643 and I will quote the little quote that I have here. Yeah. Quote, I cannot observe that they ever had, bracket, before the coming of the English, French, or Dutch, Dutch amongst them, close bracket, any names differen- difference themselves from strangers, for they knew none, but two sorts of names they had and have amongst themselves. First, general belonging to all natives as Ninuak, uh ninamisanuak An NSK Tompawag, which signifies men, folk, or people. Secondly, particular names peculiar to the several nations of them amongst themselves, such as Naniaganiuk, so Naniaganset, and Massachoeuk, so Massachusetts, etc.
1: Yes, oh, and here's the other ones that I have here. So in this native language... Native language writings by the, so this is coming from Red Brethren, which is a text about the Hudson Valley and New England Mm -hmm. by uh, David Silverman. So native language writings by the literate Christian Indians of Nantic, Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket, and Mashpee often contain words Injun, I-N-G-O-N, Injun, E-N-G-U-N-N, and Indian sug.
2: Yeah, well, for Indians. So the SOG,
1: like, like Wampanoag. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes. Um, And then they had these other terms for, and these are like the sort of earlier terms for what they eventually start using the term white for Chokwakwananat or Chakwakwasog. So again, the SOG for swordmen, for coatmen, English Mone, which is a sort of just. Uh,
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's, a loan word. Yeah, it's a a loan word. Yeah.
1: yeah. Englishman for Englishman and English Monsog, where they're taking Englishman and adding that um, sort of plural plural human ending onto the end of it. Um, So they're adopting these terms from English people as a way to differentiate themselves from English Christians.
2: Well, okay, oh, so, but, but these what, what... things, but
1: these things become like sort of solidified, and they have these ideas about who they are and who the English are. And it's sort of like as you look at more and more writings, especially from the indigenous people who adopt Christianity and the technologies that come along with it, mm-hmm. you see their sort of their ideas about who the colonizers are from that. And it they start to see it as this sort of innate property that mm-hmm. is either something from this other god eventually that kind of becomes moot when indigenous people start becoming christian but a, a quality in their culture or something that they they can't that english people specifically like can't escape and it is <laughs> essentially like lying they are very troubled by the fact that they're like all all of us all of us together, mm-hmm. all of these disparate groups, we really helped y'all when you showed up and were starving and we had the power. And now that you have the power, you're being huge dicks about it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and just trying to kill us. And that doesn't Signing- seem fair. There's like this yeah. big idea about the like lack mm-hmm. of reciprocity that seems sort of inherent in the culture of the English these Christians. These people, yeah. And that really, that really solidifies. And once you have these groups, like the Brother Town and Stockbridge communities, which have adopted Christianity, had white people come in, had missionaries come in and teach the children how to read and write. Yeah. They used those tools to bring more and more indigenous people into their group to... both preserve the culture that had already existed and those and sort of form a new culture out of it because you have some similar but still relatively disparate groups coming together in there
0: and coming together because they have this shared desire to convert to christianity assimilate as much as possible yes well
1: to yes to to assimilate and use that power but to to do it in this in this way of if we're all together yeah and we we have the same tools that they have, and we have the power of this God with us, then they can't kill all of us. Right. And they they also as so they're they're removed sort of north and west of where they originally were, and that's where Brotherton and Stockbridge are founded. And then those communities are removed again to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So they they Make Brotherton, they make Stockbridge. Both of those are sort of removed. They hang out with the Oneida for a while, mm. and then they all take off, and they're like, "We'll be safe in Wisconsin." And once they get to Wisconsin in the mid nineteenth century, a a bunch of people start, a bunch of colonists, white people. These are now white Americans, at this point in time, are moving out there in this sort of like prairie rush. Yeah, right? yeah, and the. Brothertown Stockbridge community is freaking out. They're like they're going to take that we just got here and they're going to take the space away from us. And so they become the first indigenous community to advocate for ga- gaining a uh, US citizenship. Right. Because they're like you cannot take property away from US citizens. Right. They're like we'll do that and we will use this technology and and there's some other ways that they're using the both the language to identify themselves and language to identify Americans at this point now, and also to sort of adopt the language of this colonizing state Yeah. to advocate for themselves. And this is something that I've like written about a bunch of times, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting to sort of look at it at how this creation of these racial categories tracks onto the ways in which the, like rhetoric that indigenous people use to maintain claims to their own culture and to the the lands that are not their traditional lands anymore but that they need to live on and survive and i find it an an interesting product of colonization
0: yeah i mean so i think a lot of the narratives that we get around this stuff in sort of popular history or like a shallow historical analysis is like the only actors that we need to look at, the only people who are making decisions that matter Mm -hmm. are the Europeans when we're defining these ideologies. And that's not actually true because there are lots of different people who are all contributing to this cultural Mm -hmm. development, like this creation of this new fiction of race. And they're doing it for lots of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Some of which are, it's very cynical and, well, I mean, yeah. at best, right? <laughs> yeah. but that's that be a bad way of framing it, right? You know, because you need to create a new kind of person that mm-hmm. f- to whom these common law restrictions doesn't apply. Yeah. But then also there is this very pragmatic way of being like, okay, while it does seem like there's this essential cultural difference where we used to have these relationships mm-hmm. of mutual obligation that made sense for us. That's how we organize politically. Yeah. And these people aren't working in that system.
1: Yeah, They don't want to. They expressly don't want to be Yeah. In a, si- in a system yeah. of mutual obligation. They yeah. just want to take stuff from us.
0: Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Perhaps you should have had Hannah on for this episode, because I know she also has been doing a lot of research <laughs> into this area. But, <laughs> next time next time
1: this is where we're at this we can keep i mean this is so this is in dealing with a a slightly different part of the the east coast mm. is what i is it's this whole process touches on what i wrote my thesis on right, right. so this yeah, is a thing exactly. that i'll probably be talking about a lot more Yeah. No, which absolutely. is the the use of language and rhetoric uh yeah Very in a cool. colonial context Very.
0: I mean terrible but really interesting. <laughs> it
1: was not, yeah. yeah. It was not good no. <laughs> but it is fascinating to look back on and I think uh, important to understand. Impor- yeah, yeah, important to understand for a, a lot of for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um one in the interest of reconciliation yeah. to understand that like no we knew that this was happening. We being like the colonizing state that we yeah. were actively Making these choices, too. and the
0: colonized people knew
1: that this yes. was going on. Yeah, that every like everybody, everybody everybody knew was aware everybody, knew what, was everybody knew what was happening. They yeah. were just pretending like,
2: yeah, oops, it was or, an accident, or
1: actively just turning around and being like, if hmm, if the girlies on TikTok really want to talk about some gaslighting bullshit, right? Yeah, the U.S. federal state, yeah. particularly the Bureau of Indian Affairs, yeah. is hope oh, because there are like you can go you can go to <laughs> you can go to the library of congress and get all of the letters written from the cherokee national council where they're like hey yo we did all the things that you said that we had to do to be a a nation yeah separate from the u.s yeah uh where we are our own country these are our borders we have a national government and the u.s writes back and is like yeah great you did a good job a plus and then like 10 years later, it turns around emergent. and it's like, all of that stuff that we said, we never said that. Yeah. Like, and they're like, you're going to have to move yeah. and you're going to have to move like next week. And you're going to yeah. have to take your entire country with you and move to Oklahoma. And they write back and they're like, um, except for that you said all this stuff. And they're like, we never said that. We never said that. What are you talking about? We never said that. <laughs> and it's like, uh, awful. Yeah. It's awful. But Super also fun. like definitely gaslighting. Yeah. Like they are coming in and flicking switches yeah. on all of these people and this was just this was standard practice like the more that you look at um sort of 19th century history the more instances that you find of the the u.s in particular being like yeah we never said that Hmm. anyway
0: fantastic good (laughs) all right i'm really happy now (laughs) bye
1: guys (laughs) thanks for taking a break
0: yeah
1: (laughs) hope you feel refreshed
0: oh yeah This Baba Yaga break time was brought to you by Patreon supporters just like you. Follow us at Baba Yaga Project on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.